Kathy Davidson, and I would like you to join me from here at Water of Life Church in Plano, Texas, as I minister the gospel, the death, burial, and resurrection of our Lord Jesus, which is the power of God. My Heavenly Father, I thank you. I thank you for your love for us. Open our ears that we can hear. Open our eyes that we can see. Open our hearts like you did for Lydia, that we can attend unto the things which are spoken. Turn us from darkness to light, from the power of Satan and you. And we ask this in Jesus' name, amen. All right, we are going to start kind of a little series today within our meetings. Now, our meetings are based on 1 Peter 3, and it's about a woman having a meek and a quiet spirit. And today we're going to look at taking that meek and quiet spirit and making her a warrior for the gospel, a prayer warrior, a soldier, someone that has the ability to conquer over the devil. But we're going to start with a foundation. So I want us to turn to John 10, 35, so we can set our basis. This is Jesus speaking, and he's talking to the Pharisees and Sadducees. And he says, if he called them gods unto whom the word of God came, the scripture cannot be broken. You're going to need that today because I'm going to challenge some of you like you've never been challenged before in this gospel, but that's all right. I'm going to name these little series here about three or four messages. You're in a war. Whether you like it or not, you've been drafted. Well, the minute we start walking with God, we become a target. But you know what? You know what about this war? The victory's already been won. The victory has already been won. The only decision you have to make is whose side are you on? Are you going to let the devil have you? Or are you going to take the victory? It is a constant, constant decision of whose side you're on. And you have to force yourself to believe, trust God, and get in the battle. Get in the battle and get the victory. If you don't get in the battle and get the victory, you're going to be stomped on. You're going to be oppressed. You're going to be weak. You're going to be sad. You're going to be lonely. Now, which one do you want? Let's lay that groundwork today. Now, I want you to go to 1 John 4. Verse 1, Beloved, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits, whether they be of God, because many false prophets are gone out into the world. Hereby know you the Spirit of God. You've got spirits talking to you all day long. That's part of the war. And sometimes you can't figure out which one is talking to you. But you know what? Here gives us something to look at, something to judge, something to help. It says, hereby know you the Spirit of God. The Spirit of God, that's the one we want. Every spirit that confesses, that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is of God. Every spirit that confesses Jesus came in the flesh had a man's body, had a man's soul, had a man's heart. That is the spirit of God. Jesus came 
in the flesh. And we'll see that. We are going to put this into your hearts. This message goes all over the world. Verse 3. And every spirit that confesses not that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is not of God. And this is the spirit of Antichrist. Wherever you have heard that it should come and is even now already in the world. That spirit, not the person, not the Antichrist. That spirit's been in the world since John. Jesus didn't come in the flesh. Yes, he did. And it is written in the scriptures and the scripture cannot be broken. Now, let's go to Philippians 2. I want to embed this in you. I want this to get in you. I want you to believe this. I want you to walk in this. That Jesus became a man like you. He had to. You will see today he had to. Now, verse 5 of Philippians 2. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who, being in the form of God. Let's go to John 1. Chapter 1, verse 1. In the beginning was the Word. And we know the Word is Jesus. And the Word was with God. He was with God. You're not alone if you're with somebody. Well, Jesus was with God. So you know what? You ask a third grader, they'll tell you. There's two. There's two. It says the Word was with God. And the Word was God. He was a God. Jesus was a God. He was a beautiful God. He created everything in the world, both visible and invisible, was created by that word. It was created by Jesus, and he was a God. And then what happened to that God? Back to Philippians 2. Verse 6, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God. Jesus and the Father were equal in authority. They were equal in power. It says it right here. Now we know the Father was greater only because he's the one that sent Jesus. And it says the one that sends is greater than the one that is sent. So Jehovah was greater in Jesus only that he sent Jesus. And Jesus was willing to go. But what did he do? Verse 6. So being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God. Verse 7. But, but made himself of no reputation. The NIV says emptied himself of everything. Emptied himself of his godly ability. Now think about that for a minute. He was a God. He could be everywhere at once. He put that away. He could create. He created everything. He put that away. He knew everything. He put that away. And why did he put it away? Verse 7, but made himself of no reputation, emptied himself of all his godly ability, and took upon him the form of a servant. The form of a servant. And was made in the likeness of men. He became a man. Every bit a man. He was not half God and half man. Every bit a man. He had to do that. 
And that was decided before this world was even formed. Jesus was crucified before the world was even made. And you will see why. And like I've said by the Spirit of God, Jesus had to die. And you can't kill a God. But Jesus had to die. And we will see that here. Let's go on. It says, being found in fashion as a man. As a man. You say, how can that be? Jesus was totally a man. He had a man's soul. He had a man's heart. He had a man's body. But his spirit, his spirit was Jesus. His spirit was the Son of God. His spirit was. He had no ability but a spirit was the Son of God. And that spirit left heaven and got into and was conceived by Mary. Think about that one cell. The very God that created everything you and I see and can't see became nothing and his spirit went into one cell. And Mary carried him. A woman. Verse 8. And being found in fashion as a man. He humbled himself. And became obedient. Became obedient. A God. Put everything aside. Became nothing. And became obedient unto death. Even the death of the cross. Do you see that? Even the death of the cross. He had to die. He had to die. And you can't kill a God. So he left his godly ability in heaven. And let's go on. It says, Wherefore God hath also highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name. This is what he got for doing it. This is what Jesus got for humbling himself and becoming obedient. And that the name of Jesus, every knee should bow of things in heaven, things in earth, things under the earth. And that every tongue shall confess Jesus Christ is Lord. To the glory of God the Father. Thank you, Jesus. You got the reward. Now, turn with me to Hebrews 10. We're going to take a look at that Jesus becoming a man just like us. It is important for your walk, for your believing, for your trust, for your war to understand Jesus was a man just like you had to be. Hebrews 10, verse 5. Wherefore, when he cometh into the world, and this is about Jesus, he said, Sacrifice an offering thou wouldest not, but a body hast thou prepared me. Isn't that beautiful? A body hast thou prepared me. God had a body for Jesus. God had a body for Jesus. He never needed one before. He was a God. But now he needs a body. Because he's got a soul, and he's got a spirit, and he's got to have a body. And, it, and he says right here, sacrifice and offering thou wouldest not, but a body hast thou prepared me. God had a body to put Jesus in. And it says, and burnt offerings and sacrifice for sins, thou it has no pleasure. And then said I, this is what Jesus said. Lo, I come. I come. In the volume of the book, it is written to me. To do thy will, O God. That's where he became obedient. He did the Father's will. He did the Father's will. 
God loved Jesus and Jesus loved his father. And you see the love there that Jesus gave up everything in heaven. All his godly ability to come down here and do what his father wanted him to do. That's love, folks. That's love. Now go with me to Psalm 21, 4. One of my favorite verses. I'm going to begin in verse 1 because I think it helps us. This is talking about Jesus. And this is David the prophet. And he, by the Spirit of God, wrote a bunch of these psalms. And you will find that King David, because King David was going to be the great, 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 great grandpa of Jesus. That the Spirit of God gave him revelation, gave him prophecy about what that Jesus was going to be. And he says it right here. The king shall joy in thy strength, O Lord. And in thy salvation, how greatly shall he rejoice. Thou hast given him his heart's desire. And hast not withholden the request of his lips. Notice David isn't saying my lips, my request. He's talking about Jesus. He's talking about our Savior. And look at this next verse. For thou preventest him with the blessings of goodness. Thou settest a crown of pure gold on his head. Verse 4. He asked life of thee. He asked life of thee. Even length of days forever and ever. If Jesus was a God, why would he have to ask for life? Do you hear that? If Jesus was a God, why did he have to ask God for life? He didn't have the power. He didn't have the power to get his life back. But the Father did. The Father did. He asked life of thee. Jesus asked God, here's where I'm going. Now bring my life back. And you know what? It says, he asked life of thee, and thou gave it to him. God gave it to him. And we're going to look at that resurrection. God gave him his life back. Even length of days forever and ever. Now go with me to Psalm 18. Jesus had to do this as a man. Why? He was there for you. Jesus was sacrificed not for himself. He was sacrificed for us. He became our sacrifice. He became us. He who knew no sin became sin. That we might be the righteousness of God. Jesus came for one reason. And that was to save you. And the only way to save you was to deal with your sin, your death, your sickness, your poverty, your curses. And the only way he could do that was to become a man like you. He had to be your substitute for the Father. Your substitute had to be just like you. Let's go to Isaiah 53 real quick. Verse 4. Surely... Jesus said it, the word of God cannot be broken. And the word right here, surely he has borne our sicknesses and our pains. Well, he couldn't do that if he was a God. You can't make God sick. But he was made sick. 
And it says, yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten of God and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised. You can't hurt a God. But Jesus was wounded. He was bruised for his iniquities. No, for ours. And he did it as a man. He was on that cross as a man. He felt every pain. He felt every torture. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. The punishment, the correction that it was going to take on that body so that we would have peace with God, so that we would have prosperity, so that we would have security, so that we would have our welfare. That peace with God, everything that needed to be paid for it was put on that body of Jesus. Your peace, my peace, whatever it took to pay for it went on the body of Jesus. With his stripes, we are healed. We are healed. That body took the scourge for our sicknesses and our diseases. And he did it gladly. And the father did it to him. Verse 6. All we like sheep have gone astray. We've turned everyone to his own way. And look at this. And the Lord. That is Jehovah. That is our father. And the Lord has laid on Jesus the iniquity of us all. Jesus couldn't do it as a God. Gods don't have sin. Jesus did it as a man. And he took the iniquity of us all. And get this. It is God. It is the Father. It is Jehovah that put it on him. He put it on Jesus. Why would God put all that iniquity, your iniquity and my iniquity, and I did enough to kill him. Why would he put that on his own son on the cross? Why? Because he wanted you. He wanted us. He wanted us saved. And the only way we could come out of the sin, we can come out of death, we can be healed. The only way that we could get back what the Father had for us was Jesus had to be your substitute. He had to be my substitute. He took my place on the cross. He took your place. And that body that God prepared for him was able to handle all the sin. What did John the Baptist say? Behold the man. Behold the man who taketh away the sin of the world. Of the world. Jesus had it all. And he held it on that body. And that when you read, that body broke apart. Every bone became dislocated. Every bone became dislocated because that's what happens when a body is full of sin. It starts to fall apart. And that body came apart with our sin on it. And Jesus stayed conscious. And he stayed alert. 
And even though our insanity was on him, he was able to stay alert. He was able to stay conscious until he knew that everything he had to do for you and for me was done on the cross. Was done. That he had all our sin. That he had all our sickness. That he had all our poverty. That it was all on him. That it was all carried. Once he knew it was all there. There was one more thing he had to do. He said, I thirst. He knew the scripture said that he was going to take the vinegar. And when he got it all done, when he knew that he had paid for you and I, everything he was going to pay for on the cross, he said, it's finished. He said, it's finished. And then he went to hell. He had to go to hell to pay for what you and I did. Somebody had to pay. And Jesus went to hell to pay for you and I. And he was there for three days. Three days paying. If you will look at Isaiah 53 verse 11. While he is in hell, the father shall see the travail of his soul and he shall be satisfied. He shall be satisfied. God saw Jesus suffering in hell for us. Jesus got to the point in hell that God was satisfied. Satisfied with what that man, what that man suffered in hell. Not a God. You can't kill a God. You can't. But Jesus died and he was in hell. It says he was satisfied. You know who he was satisfied with? Your payment. Your debt. What you owe God, he was satisfied with. And you know what he did? Oh, this is so fun. Psalm 18. The moment that the father was satisfied that his son, who left it all in heaven and become a man like us and pay for us, that he was satisfied with that sacrifice. Verse 16 of Psalm 18. This psalm is about Jesus in hell. It proves it right here. It says, verse 4, The sorrows of death compassed me. The floods of ungodly men made me afraid. The sorrows of hell compassed me about. That's not King David. He's not in hell. David didn't go to hell, but his descendant did. In verse 16, the father, when he was satisfied with what Jesus did for you and I, he sent from above, he took me, he drew me out of many waters. He delivered me from my strong enemy and from them which hated me. And look at this. For they were too strong for me. Have you ever heard of God say that? They were too strong for me? This was a man. They were too strong for me. They prevented me in the day of my calamity, but the Lord was my stay. And he brought me forth he brought me forth also into a large place he delivered me because he delighted in me God went down and pulled Jesus out of hell put him back in that body in the grave healed that body of every sickness and disease that there ever could be put the bones all back together Put the prosperity and the welfare and the security, all that back in him. Overcame the spirit of death. Jesus overcame death. 
Jesus overcame hell. How? By trusting in the Father. By believing that God was going to do what God promised. He asked life of thee and now gave it to him forever and ever. Now you say, well, what's that got to do with me? We'll finish in Ephesians 2, verse 4. But God, who is rich in mercy, and for his great love wherewith he loved us. Oh, if you can get this verse in your heart, how much God loves you. He who spared not his own son for you. God loves you. That's why this whole thing happened, because God loved you. Even when we were dead in sins, has quickened us together with Christ. Quickened us together with Christ. By grace are you saved, and has raised us up together. Do you see that word together? Has raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Whose sins were dealt with? Whose sins were forgiven when God pulled Jesus out of the grave? Yours were. Mine were. They weren't Jesus' sins. They were ours. He was our substitute. The Father was satisfied with our payment. When God raised Jesus from the dead, we were raised with him. The moment that the Father raised Jesus, your sins were forgiven. They were forgiven or Jesus wouldn't have been raised from the dead. I asked God once. I said, why? Is not Jesus still paying for my sins? Because he was satisfied. And when he was satisfied, your sins were forgiven. Your sins were forgiven 2,000 years ago. You were healed 2,000 years ago. Your security, your safety was paid for 2,000 years ago. Your prosperity, everything you will ever need to walk on this earth was paid for 2,000 years ago. Every curse was paid for 2,000 years ago. And when the Father was satisfied and raised Jesus from the dead, you were raised with him. And why don't I have it? Because you don't believe. Because you don't believe. We don't trust in it. That is the only thing missing. The victory was won the day Jesus came out of that grave. The battle's won. But whose side do you want to be on? Now, you need to be born again to even walk in this, to have that man, that man that paid for you, to get him inside you so he can be your Lord. When he is your Lord, he will lead you. He will be with you forever. To get him inside you, all you have to do is ask, Jesus, come into my heart. Be my Lord. Lead me, guide me, fix me. I ask this in your name.
Amen. And anything you ask that's the Father's will, you get. Amen. Thank you for joining Kathy Davidson and the Ministers of Music from Water of Life Church. She would love to hear from you. You may reach her by email at kd at kdwol.com. Or you may write her at Kathy Davidson, Care of Water of Life Church, Post Office Box 861-327, Plano, Texas 75086. You may find her on the internet at www.kdwol.com and on Facebook and Twitter. Until next time, God bless.